This is the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast, and my name is Heidi. I am your host. My goal is to help you be a badass freelancer in fashion. When I talk about freelancing, I mean true remote freelance work where you get to create a flexible schedule, doing the work when and where you want, working with a variety of brands. I do not mean the air quote freelancing that exists very predominantly in the fashion industry where you work 40 hours a week for one brand but you don't get any benefits and then after three months you're basically unemployed. That is actually pretty abusive to our industry and not something that I personally support. So true remote freelance work. This is how I built my career as a freelancer. I grew my business from zero dollars the first year when I had no idea what I was doing and there were no resources out there over a decade ago to six figures. We are talking 100,000 plus I was making as a freelancer. This was after I had a air quote, lots of air quotes in this intro, an air quote successful fashion brand. And after I worked as an employee, both of which I found just very draining and abusive and a bit toxic, I wound up sort of hating the industry. And freelancing was really the only way that I found to have a work-life balance in fashion and to get to work on projects that I love and that I was excited about, but while also, you know, having time for life and myself and enjoying things. In today's episode, I am really, really excited to introduce you to Mari. She is one of my successful fashion freelancer students, and we are doing a Q&A strategy session. She has some questions on a couple different things, initially about pitching and then about pricing and working on retainer, which she was just feeling a little bit scared about presenting the idea to her client. So we talk really, really deep about retainer and whether or not she should do that, the pros and cons of it, and some strategies for how it can be structured with a client and how you can present the idea to them. Um, We also talk about what to do when you mess up on pricing because she messed up on pricing and bid something really, really low. So if you have questions at all about pricing, this is an episode you're going to absolutely love. I also, besides the podcast and this specific interview with Mari, I have other resources to help you be a badass freelancer in fashion, and I want to make sure that you get your hands on those to support yourself and make things a little bit easier for you. Um, you can always grab those anytime at soheidi.com slash freelance, S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash freelance. You can also scroll down to access the show notes to get a direct link to that URL, as well as any resources mentioned in this episode. All right, let's jump into the strategy session with Mari. Okay. Um, okay, Mari, so you originally wanted to talk about your pitches because you were like, I'm not getting any replies, but then something happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think I had not sent enough of them. I spent a lot of time, like a year making a list. (laughs) Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold Um, on. Wait, what? (laughs) well well I wanted to start freelancing like in you know 2019 and I was planning um to quit my job in January 2020 but then I get laid off and so I had been building this list 
you know, um, trying. So I had been searching tons of companies through Instagram and also through the the shows. And so I would go to their about page, find if I can see it, any contacts or anything like that. So I have been building this list forever. And um, so I think I basically started pitching maybe in December 2020, right? Because I was afraid the whole 2020 that no one wanted to hire anyone. Um, so I was like, whatever, like, I just need to, you know, just try this thing out. You know, like I just... If I send a hundred emails, I'm gonna get one response, right? Like yeah. that's kind of what I was thinking. Okay. And then so I start sending emails, and um, I start getting better the more I do it too, mm-hmm. you know. And then it, it kind of starts flowing because one of my biggest fears was writing emails. I mean, in the beginning of my career, I well, English is my second language. And writing has always been very, very difficult for me. Yeah. I mean, Spanish, English, any language, really. Okay. But um, so my biggest insecurities was one of those things, just kind of reaching out through emails. And I really like the approach that you taught us. That was more like there's a human, you know, it doesn't have to be this like weird cover letter style um you know, thing, just kind of, there's a human out there, tell them why you like their brand. And it it became a lot more genuine if it was like brands that I, that I actually really liked. Uh Um, so, so yeah, I just started, I just started doing it. And I realized that a lot of the brands that were growing in 2020 were, um, just like athleisure or knitwear, you know, not, not knitwear based only on sweaters, but just knitwear like sweatshirts and all of that. And I noticed that a lot of those brands didn't have sweaters. So that's kind of how I started. I noticed that. Yeah. So I think that's why I started getting results because I went for the brands that didn't have sweaters already. Um, And so you were kind of like, hey, your assortment's great, but I think I could offer you something new that you don't already have. Yeah. And since I, you know, like my whole thing is like sustainability, I'm super passionate about it. Um, you know, my angle was like, you know, you, you're already having this, um, purpose, like your brand already has this purpose of sustainability and, you know, reducing waste and all of that stuff, but everything you make is cut and sewn, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're creating waste and, you know, as sustainable as you can be, you're not, it's not like a sweater, like a sweater is knit to shape Mm -hmm. and there's a lot less ways. So I was kind of going in that angle. Um, and that's kind of how I, I started getting a lot of, uh, like responses. People were like, Oh, I'm actually very curious. I want to know more about these yarns that you've been using. I want to know more about, um, um, just, you know, like your expertise in this. Um, and basically because these brands, um, a lot of these, for example, like LA brands, they don't really, I think they don't really have the specialty over there because, you know, like LA is like warmer and maybe they don't, you know, they don't, they just haven't gotten there yet, you know, and they, they might be interested, but they might, they just don't have the specialty. They, they haven't hired a designer that's only for sweaters because that might be too expensive for them or they haven't, you know, they just haven't done the work. Yeah. So um, so a lot of, some, some people that I reached out to even said, we were thinking about this, but we didn't really know what to do. <laughs> oh, um, and then you like fall in their lap. Yeah, exactly. Oh, beautiful. 
So, yeah. okay. So that's so, how I, yeah, that's how I got one of the, yeah, my first ones after. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's an LA brand and they were like, yeah, we had this idea of these two styles, but we didn't really, we already reached out to a factory but we don't really know anything about gauges or weights or how to even price a sweater. It sounds so complicated, so different than what we already do. Yeah. And so I was like, just perfectly fit in there, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I love this. So, cause, so for quick background for everybody listening, yes. you had originally yes. reached out to me for a strategy session as part of the successful fashion freelancer program. And you had said, help with my cold pitches because I'm not getting any replies. And then like a few weeks later, you were like, we scheduled it. And then a few weeks later, you're like, well, actually, I'm getting replies. And some of them have turned into clients. So I don't think I need <laughs> yeah. help with the pitches. Um, so I'm really excited to hear that. Um, you had mentioned something else that we had talked about, I think, previously when you and I caught up um, last year about yeah. retainers. Yeah. So I kind of, I mean, if you have a specific question or something else you want to dig into, we can for sure. Um, but you had said you you ha- you have a client, you wanted to get them onto retainer, and then you followed up and you said, well, actually I decided that I was just going to leave them as they were and maybe I would try retainer with a future client. Is that right? Yeah. I just, yeah, I mean... <laughs> So I want to really like, dig into this because yeah. I think there's something there that why you're not doing it. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> think it's a, uh, you know, like it, it was not like necessarily like a decision I made out of education. It was more out of fear Ah, okay. because yes. I started drafting this list of uh, offerings or things that I could give them extra or things that I was already doing. And I just chickened out because I was like, uh, but like they, they, they go on this model where they, they say that they don't design all the time. Right. So they, um, they, you know, they want their pieces to be timeless. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I've been working with them for a year and a few months at this point. Um, and they, I mean, they've really been the same the whole way through. They haven't really, they haven't really done that whole thing of like, yeah, we only design a few pieces and then we, they stay with us for years, you know. Uh, so I've been designing new pieces for them for, you know, last last spring, uh, fall, and then spring now, and then fall again, okay. uh, you know, this coming season. Um, so I think that was one of the reasons why I was just like, oh, but I think they're going to think that's really expensive because they might not, like, let's say one month, I'm not doing anything for them. Um, so I think that's why I was kind of hesitating in terms of like the the retainer beca- because of that. Because I was like, oh, but what if like there's one month, I don't really do anything for them. What What happens then? Um, how do I even estimate the price for that? Like, I just have no idea um, how to how I would even estimate it. Um, just because right now I'm just charging them per style, mm-hmm. so I'm only charging them per style. And then if they need a little bit of help with some previous styles, then I charge them per hour. Okay. Um, and then so far they've kind of. You know, it hasn't happened in a few months, but 
they've kind of like been a little bit nitpicky on my prices. Like why, like, why does it take, like, why does it cost this? You know? Um, and that, that normally kind of, you know, scares me a little bit. Um, so I've, I've gotten those kinds of emails a couple of times like why does this grading cost this or and and then so I have to go that full explanation on why and you know it has been fine and they've accepted all of my prices um but I started definitely very low with them um they were my first client and they pretty much gave me their prices and their budget um and it was very low at the beginning it has grown a little bit since okay and because I'm making more volume so I'm getting paid more okay um but yeah, I don't know. I think it was just really hard to even calculate what amount I would propose. Um, any any amount that I would come up, it would either be, oh, they're going to think this is too high or maybe this is too low for me. I just didn't even, I could come up with the value that I can give them, but not the number. Okay. So, I mean, I think there's a couple ways to go about this and you and your gut have to decide what's the right decision, but, but whatever it is, I don't want you to make it out of fear, right? Which you said earlier, you think that's why you were kind of shying away from, um, even having the discussion with them. So retainer is great for some clients and is not great for other clients. So it's not, you know, it's definitely not for everybody and that's fine, um, And I think that if you truly feel in your heart of hearts that it would be in the best interest of them and you, of both parties, then I think it's a a discussion worth having. And we can go into the logistics of how you can come up with what does this actually look like? What is the pricing? You know, how, how can you approach this conversation with them? And, and we can go through that no matter what your answer is, just so that, you know, just for your own knowledge for next time, you might have a client that you think this could be a good option. But before we do that, I want you to think about like, the, so the value of retainer for both parties is that it's a set price and they know yeah. what they're going to get each month and it fits into the budget and and often it can be based on sort of set hours loosely, right? We're not, you know, it's, it, and it just kind of depends, but, but I would say that would be the most common way to do it would just be like, Hey, let's do a retainer for five hours a week or 10 hours a week, or I'm not sure what your workload is with them. Um, and, and then, so then it's more like, okay, so let's just say for quick numbers, it's 10 hours a week. So that's 40 hours a month. So one week they might need you 20 hours. And then the next couple weeks, just five hours. And, if you finish all the design work, you know, maybe there's something else that comes up that you could jump in to help out with if there's some hours or some time left, or maybe there's a way you figure out where, you know what, we can, like, kind of you can think about it, um, and 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 it can get a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of, um, tedious, I suppose, you could yeah. could think of it like, you know, maybe it's like cell phone minutes where it's like X number of hour. You know, I know, no one does cell phone minutes this way anymore, right? We all have unlimited. But like remember back in the day when you had like X number of minutes and then some of yeah. the minutes would roll over to the next month, but they would only roll over for one month. 
So you could do it that way. Again, I think you want to keep it really simple and like not get too complicated with too much tracking because it can get, it can become cumbersome. And that's not the whole point of the retainer. The whole point of the retainer is to just kind of keep it simple. So, um, so if you think about your working relationship with them, what does it look like? Like you said, you've been working with them for over a year. So you have a pretty good history in terms of gauging the ongoing workflow. Do you feel, and you said sometimes you're doing project slash style based, sometimes you're doing hourly. Um, do you feel that like if you were to look back on the past year, the amount of work that you did for them, you could say, you know what, on average, it could be X dollars a month at X hours of work a month. And if some months were a little more and some months were a little less, that would be fine, but it would all come out in the wash. Do you feel like that? Do you see what I'm, do you see what I'm trying to get at here in terms of like, if, if so, it can eliminate a lot of the tedium, tedium of, you know, sending the different invoices for the different amounts and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff, yeah. right? And then they know, okay, we pay Mari $500 a month or $1,000 a month or $3,000. I have no idea, like, what the size of the projects are. So, um, right, we just pay the set amount. So besides being scared about having the conversation or them thinking it's too expensive or blah, 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 like, don't even go there on a base level, do you feel that it would be a beneficial arrangement for both parties? I think it would be. They, um, at the beginning, when I first started working with them, I took the approach of my hourly rate and they didn't really like that. Um, it kind of scared them. Okay. So, so then, you know, I wanted to do hourly because it was my first client and I just had no idea how I would price things, but they really shied away from that and they wanted to have a set price. Okay. So I think, yeah, like the way that you're saying it, it scares me a little bit to talk hours again with them, you know, in terms of the monthly retainer. Um, So I think that, I think now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, wow, like that would be, challenging to go back to the hourly rate because I don't even know if that will benefit me you know mm-hmm. I, th- I think at this point I my hourly rate might be a little bit lower than what I make um project base so in terms then, of timing okay so that's fine so what if you approached it more like project based and you say, and I know, so this is where it can get a little bit hard because they're not introducing yeah. a new style every month. Right. So, cause you could say like, okay, well, we'll do one new style a month and edits to three existing styles or, you know, I don't know. You kind of have to get a little bit creative. Yeah. And, and I'm a in conversation flexible. with them. Okay almost every day, like over Slack, I'm in conversation with them. Like I've been meeting with them, you know, quite a bit once every two weeks or whatever. And sometimes I meet with someone in person, you know, like that happens, doesn't happen that much, but you know, it's like commuting time. Um, and so, so all of those little things add up, you know? Yeah, they do. Um, no, they do. And you need to, here's the yeah. thing. Cause this question comes up a lot 
um, in freelancing, people are like, well, do I have to pay for like correspondence time and meetings and, or charge? And it depends on how you do your pricing. You don't need to explicitly charge for meeting time. Like it doesn't need to be a line item on your invoice, but it does need to be, unless you're billing completely hourly, then it's like, yes, you charge for your time. Time is time, whether you're designing or meeting. Um, if it's project-based, you know, it does kind of need to be built into the, the project cost. So, I mean, how would you feel comfortable pitching it to them then? Like, cause you said the hourly rate you think maybe scares them a little bit cause you've already had that conversation. Um, and I, I know you've already, you've, you said that you've gotten some questions on your pricing before, although you said once you explain it, they said it's fine. Um, yeah. and you do say you make a better rate project-based so that could you know that could be win-win for everybody so the hourly doesn't scare them and then you get the better rate project so how and 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 you obviously know the intricacies of the workflow and the workload um how do you think you could present it um so my original idea um taking the hours you know out of the picture I was basing it a lot more on the value that they're going to get from me, mm-hmm. right? Um, kind of in a way of like, you're get, you're get, I'm going to be more accessible to you in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, sometimes they, for example, they have a style that I'm not working on right now or something. And they're like, oh, what colors, like color comments and things like that. And sometimes I do it, you know, because you, they're asking, but it's not like has nothing to do with the other projects that I'm working on. That and you're like actually getting paid it, for. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not getting paid for that. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, and then and then so I would I was trying to present it. You know, when when I was drafting my my thing as you know, like I would be a constant flow of like inspiration to them, mm. always proposing them new colors. Um, you know, I would even, I was even adding kind of like my own education and sustainability because that's a really big part of their story. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be in constant communication with their factories and their hand knitters, uh, to constantly create kind of like a library, like a stitch library for them. Mm. Because, you know, like it, with stitches and stuff, it's really complicated and it takes a lot of time to mm-hmm. figure out the tension and how many ends do you want to use and all of that stuff. And it helps if you're building already a library of yarns that you want to use and little swatches so you can get ideas um, and you can constantly kind of be forming ideas and then build styles on that. So I was, so I was kind of proposing that. Um, and... Um, what else? I can't remember what else, but I think it was, it was a lot based on that. Just kind of, I would kind of like a creative director. Like I'm, you know, I'm designing your whole aesthetic color, always giving you, um, cause right now I'm only giving them color suggestions, like per style. I'm like, Oh, you know, like, I think I like these colors and based on this yarns and with the color card. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't created like, uh, you know, like a, a color card for them like based out of pantones and all of that so everything is uniform because we don't even have time like the the way that we've been designing things we haven't been able to have time to like dye our own yarn so you know like with more time and you know the whole research aspect of it I would have more control and more freedom to be more accessible to them so I, I think that was the way that I was approaching it and that's also really hard to put like a number of hours on it. 
I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think it's a really, really great approach um, to sell them on the value. And I think that you do have a lot to offer on that level. My one fear with that would be like how deep you wind up just getting sucked into everything. And then it's like, yeah. okay, are you now like, I, again, I don't know what the hours look like, but does this kind I mean, you said you already talked with them. Full time. Yeah. Does yeah. it just turn into like a full time job? Right. Right. Um, that's probably not what we want. No. And, right? and I see myself now and I don't really, I feel like I don't really have time for all of that. Like just, right. I just, I just repeated it to myself when I was explaining to you. I was like, I don't really have time for all of that right now. I yeah, have like, do you want to do all that? Right. I don't know if I want, I don't think I want to. <laughs> so, so like, let's go back to, you know, what you're doing for them right now. And the arrangement you have is some hourly, some project, like, do you feel like it's working? Yeah, I kind of do feel like it's working. Um, I think, you know, I've learned a lot in the process of working with them. Um, I, for example, this last round of spring uh, season, I was sourcing yarn for them for the first time and realized that that was taking a really, really long time. And Mm -hmm. I charged... I think I only charged like a hundred dollars and it was taking me hours to yeah. look through like digital catalogs of yarn. Cause that's the way to do it now. Like I have to go through all these digital yeah. catalogs and email <laughs> all these people. And I was like, wow, that was a terrible choice of <laughs> pricing. Um, so I, I think, yeah, it, apart from things like that, I do really like, what I have going on right now, I don't feel um, like I am at some points when I was working with them, I was like, wow, like I'm doing all this work and I'm getting paid nothing. Um, I don't really feel like that way anymore. Okay. Um, I think because I have more volume of styles. So, um, and I also, you know, volume, and I say volume, but I mean like five styles, you know, five to seven styles. It's yeah. not, it's not a ton and I still have enough time to kind of, spend a lot of these are very detailed like things so you know for example like pricing wise i'm charging three hundred dollars like for one sweater tech pack okay. um and um that was very that felt very very low for me um at the beginning um but now i'm at the point not with them specifically but with my other clients where that's kind of like my tech pack price and then I have a different price for concept sketching and uh, fitting and comments. So that's, and that's like my sweater, like pullover price. And then it's different for a dress and it's different for a cardigan. Okay. Um, so with them, I kind of like learned a little bit of that and realized that, you know, like I think I'm comfortable with that price for a tech pack and then anything else additionally, like I add to it. You okay. Know? Okay. Um, instead of like that six hundred dollar price being including everything, you know, okay. <laughs> like so six hundred six hundred flat just yeah. for the tech pack. 
Just for the tech pack. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is, it sounds very, I don't know sweaters, but I, I have a, you know, enough of an understanding. I think that's a fair price. Hey listener, quick 15 second announcement. If you want to be location independent while still working in fashion, freelancing is the only way to do it. My free resources will help you get there. Visit soheidi.com slash freelance. That's S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash freelance for my best stuff. Now back to the episode. I have two questions. Uh, one, going back to the retainer, what mm-hmm. attracted you to this idea in the first place for this client? Like, why did you think, oh, I want to get on retainer with them? Honestly, I don't know if it was like a combination of like my husband uh, putting it on my mind <laughs> or um, another friend. He's always pushing me for me to like charge more and it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and another friend of mine um, that also does freelance in fashion, um, she she had told me that she was in a retainer with a company. Um, and I don't know, it just seemed appealing to me. It seemed yeah. like, oh, that would be very... Like if I'm on a retainer with a few different clients, like wouldn't that be so easy? You know, yeah. um, I think that that was that was the idea behind it. But I don't really know. I don't really know if it is that easy. Um, I think it still needs you will still need some negotiating. Um, you know, who knows if like, you know, if I am on a retainer, maybe every few months we would have to. Uh, to see if that's still working for both of us, you know? Yeah, you Instead of having sure. set prices for, yeah, instead of like right now, I have my set prices for tech packs and then they kind of know what to expect. Okay, like if we're doing a pullover, it's going to cost $600, right. you know? Um, so they kind of have those in mind. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, okay, let's, let's think about this a little more. I... Your idea to present this retainer option with an, a value angle, I think is very, very strong and very attractive for a client. Um, but I really, I, I, my concern with that is that it's, it's going to turn into this sourcing project, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to do this thing and I'm just going to put this flat number on it and I'm going to give you all this, all this, all these results. Um, and it just is going to turn into hours and hours and hours. And like we said earlier, like a full-time job. So I think that it in some way, and it's, it's gotta be communicated to them in some way, it does kind of have to get tied back to hours. Like unless the business is so cut and dry that you, and you feel in enough of a rhythm with them that you're like, okay, we're going to design, you know, you could, so here's how you could do it. Cause here's how I did it with a lot of my projects. Um, it was almost like a year long contract and the payment was broken out evenly over 12 months, even though the workflow okay. varied, right? So I could say, okay, look at this client, right? We know they release two collections a year and then they have these essential styles that need these updates. And then there was also some catalog work in there because I did a lot of catalog work, like layouts and photo shoots and that sort of thing. And so I could look at the whole year and I could say, okay, here's, we know what you're going to need. 
These are the things you're going to need. And put together a proposal for the whole year. Here's what you get. We get a spring collection, which is, you know, 12 men's styles, like 12 women's, whatever it might be, right? And and so it was a very large proposal because it encapsulated the whole year. And then they would sign that contract. And then it was just paid over the months. And so some months when we're in like deep in design, we're really heavy work. And then some months were less. Um, And it was not attached to any hourly rate at all. There Mm -hmm. was, of course, the disclaimer that it was like, if, you know, there's projects above and beyond this, then they're charged separately. Um, You know, there's some wiggle room. I think when you're negotiating that large of a contract, um, these were quite large contracts. When you're negotiating that large of a contract, you as the freelancer, like, you don't nickel and dime them on like one extra style, right? Um, Right. You you absorb a certain amount of fluctuation in the workflow. And sometimes it's things get lowered and you you wind up doing less and then other things go higher. And so you kind of think of it like, okay, it all comes out in the wash. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was like a package-based, arguably retainer style that was not attached to any hourly rate. Okay, so that's something you could think about with them. You could say, hey, you know, we've been, and we could talk about how you could present that, like verbally, like what you could actually say to initiate that conversation. Um, So I think that can work. Um, As far as, and, and, you know, just a quick disclaimer on that you know, let's say depending on the timing, you have to be careful, like, right. So they, let's say you sign this contract with them and it's a year long thing. And then the bulk of the, a bulk of the, a big chunk of the work happens to be up front just because of the timing of the season and like get a bunch done. And then they want to like cancel the contract. And you're like, no, 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 that doesn't work that way because mm. right. Like we pro we not prorated, but we like divvied this up equal payments every month. Um, even though I just did a big bunch of work right now and next month should be pretty slow. Like you still have to keep, keep, keep paying me. And there's ways to, to make sure to negotiate that in in your contract to make sure that happens. Um, so I think that's an option for this client that you're working with. Perhaps it could be, um, I don't know if they'd want to commit to something that big. They might feel a little apprehensive based on some of the things you've told me already, then the other type of retainer, I think it really does wind up coming down to hours. Um, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure maybe there's ways to do it in my experience. Um, and, and from the other freelancers, I know it, it feels like it would be really hard to do an arbitrary, like month to month retainer that's not attached to hours because then you as the yeah. freelancer, you're kind of like, well, how much do I really give them? Because if you say you're just going to give them feedback on all right. this stuff and all these color ideas and, and you know, sourcing and, like, whatever else, they could, like, really just – and probably not intentionally, but they could just, like, work you to the bone. Um, it could just yeah, turn like into a lot. how would they lot. know the boundaries? Like, how would how they, would they know, know the boundaries? How do you know the boundaries? Yeah. yeah. So I think it yeah. just um, – okay. right? Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, with, with these contracts that I, I did, they were year to year and it was, you know, X styles, X styles, X styles for each season, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
And then, you know, we would provide feedback, but it, it didn't, it never really got to like a date. I mean, Slack wasn't a thing back when I was doing this stuff, but (laughs) there was not, I mean, there were sometimes there was daily communication because of the time of the season, but it wasn't like an ongoing all the time thing. And I don't know what exactly your communication relationship looks like with them, but I, I would be very hesitant to do a month to month retainer, not attached to hours. And if they're averse to the hourly rate and if you're getting more on the project based rate because you're fast, then I'm I think I'm gonna say I don't think it's the best fit. If you think this year long idea could work, then you know, and maybe this is something you really casually throw out to them before you like spin your wheels trying to come up with all the pricing and what does it really look like in detail. Maybe you just you know, you, you have a good working relationship with them. You've, you've been working with them for a long time. I think you could throw out the idea really casually and just say, Hey, you know what? I wanted to throw something by you that I think could maybe work really well for both of us. Maybe not because our relationship is really great right now. And I love how everything's set up, but I was thinking about it could make things easier for you. Um, you know, with your budget, if we looked at, um, you know, what is a year or maybe you guys could do six months, right. To start, that could be a little more palatable mm-hmm. for them. Like what, if, what if we looked at like what we have coming up over the next six months and we look at like a flat rate for that and we'll, we can put together details as to what it includes. And that way you guys know what the monthly rate's going to be each month. Do you think something like that sounds interesting? And then if they say yes, then they can, you can say, okay, great. Let me work out the details and we can have a very open conversation to try to come to an agreement that works for both of us. And if they say, no, you know what, we really like how our arrangement is right now, or we're not really interested in committing to six months, then you can say, okay, great. You know what? No problem. Let's just keep going how we're going. Like just toss it out there really casually. Like don't put, put any pressure. Don't have all this stuff pre-calculated. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what do you think about all the things I'm saying here? No, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think the more I hear you talk about it, um, it makes you feel like I don't think it's going to work. But especially, I don't think they're at the point in their company where they can even commit to a whole year Mm -hmm. uh, of, you know, of design work. Or they don't, they, I don't think they know like what they want to design in yeah. a year. You know, yeah. normally that's how it works in like corporate companies, like big companies. Right. I would but be designing right now. It doesn't for, like, work for them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It doesn't work for them. We design like three, four months in advance, you know? So <laughs> just because it's like, it's super close to the production date, yeah. uh, to the launch date. And I, I think they like it that way because they can feel uh, better kind of what the customer wants. So, so yeah, so like, I feel like I don't even, I don't even know they're ready for that yet. And they might be, they might be at some point. Um, I, I think once they, you know, they just received some funding recently. So they're growing a lot as a company uh, this year. So I think they're just kind of getting started, you know, and um, 
everything you're you're saying just uh, points me to no like but but if there is if there is a space for it if if they are because they i think they're like they're kind of finally like fine with like all my pricing stuff mm. they haven't asked me in a while <laughs> um <laughs> they haven't asked me they're just like yep they just pay the whole invoice they don't even pay me 50 percent. they pay the whole invoice oh that's great um yeah. up front yeah and they just like don't mean really ask me anything anymore. Um, so I think I just think it it might work the whole like six months or maybe even three months. Uh, three months might be too short. Contract, um, you know, like uh, designed to launch, right? Right. Um, um, but I just think as a company, they might not be ready for it. Yeah, um, they might not be. I think those yeah. year those. Those longer term commitments can work better for like more established companies. And then yeah. I think, you know, maybe the month to month retainer can work better for less established companies. But that. Right. And the month to month retainer, when you were talking about it, it seemed like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to know like where to stop and where. And, and they're Unless not going to be tied able to, to know hours. Where to stop. Yeah. Unless yeah, it's tied and to then hours. They don't like hours. And then they don't like hours. Yeah. So it doesn't seem to make sense for this client. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I had another question and I want to ask you. So the sourcing thing, you charged $100 for sourcing. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, that's crazy low. <laughs> but that's okay. I still don't even know. Like, it's okay. <laughs> These things the happen. The next one I charged was 500 but Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So the, I, that was my question. I wanted to put you on the spot because... Um, although I have a little more detailed question about that. Um, and, and like, here's the thing with pricing. I mean, you've gone through the successful fashion freelancer course, and I talk about pricing very extensively in that program and I have all sorts of rules and tricks and how to calculate it. But we also talk a lot about how you will F up on pricing. It is just part of being a freelancer, no matter how well prepared you are, no matter how many strategies and tricks you have up your sleeve or experts you're getting help from, you will mess it up and you will mess it up again and you'll keep learning and you'll keep adjusting. Like it is just part of the rite of passage of freelancing. So you charged a hundred dollars crazy low. Um, did you, go back and have a conversation with them after the fact about that low price? Oh, gosh. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> so what happens... Such a chicken. Okay, yeah. hold on. Let's talk about this. What happens when they ask you to source again? Um, that's, that's a great point. Um, what I did was... What did I do? I think I just like added and it was like a hundred or 150, same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I think on the next invoice, I added another like 150, um, for what though? To the, to the, to the sourcing to, uh, what was it? I think I sent them like two invoices for some reason for either, um, cause I was doing sourcing for spring and fall at the same time. Okay. So at one point I got confused. I was like, did they think that, that price was for spring and I didn't even know myself. And <laughs> and then for the fall invoice, I was like, I'm just going to put it in there, you know, and see what they say. Uh, Cause that was a lot of work and I'm just need to add, even if it's the same price, the same really low price, I'm just going to like 
add it to the next call invoice and they paid it. Um, so that was my way to fix it, which is not a solution no, at all. It's not a good way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's really not. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, not a good way. That's okay though. You're, you're, we're going to learn going forward. So the, the way to fix it, it's so hard. It's hard. Like, you know. And you're right. It's hard. And you know what? These yeah. are tough conversations to have with a client and they like, they sometimes make your stomach churn. But when yes. you mess up on pricing, here's what you do. And there's a, I'm pretty sure I cover this in the course, but we'll do a refresher right yeah, now. Yeah, you did. Okay. Okay. So then what do we, what do you do? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, Tell you me. said, cause I went over this <laughs> after <laughs> it happened, I went back to the course and I was like, Oh shoot. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said that you like just very quickly like call them back and um, just say like, "Hey, like I just realized that that was very low." Something something along those lines and going like that's fine. I'm going to charge you that for for this time, but going forward, this is the next the price that I'm going to charge you. Yeah, exactly. And but, and you yeah. you want to frame it very delicately with there's a couple of really strategic things you want to do here. So, first of all, you charge them $100 for sourcing and then you're like, oh, mother of God, this is so much work. <laughs> it's okay. You get through it. You grin and bear it. You do a really, really good job and you deliver it and they are so happy. Right at that moment of they're really happy with your with your work is the best time to have a conversation because they're like, oh my gosh, Mari, you did amazing you're like, hey, thank you so much. It was really fun to do this sourcing project. I have to be really honest with you that this was the first time I priced a sourcing project and I really underbid it. I'm going to leave the price this way for now because that's the fair thing to do for you. But I want you to know that going forward um, to make this a win-win situation for both of us and to compensate me fairly for my time, the price is going to be more in this range, 500, 800. Mm -hmm. Like I really, really underbid it. Um, they know this, they've sourced before. They're not stupid. They know that a hundred dollars or 150, whatever the number doesn't matter was like really low. Yeah. So the yeah. timing is really delicate. Um, you don't want to do it two months later when another sourcing project comes up and say, Hey, remember the last time, right? It's just, the timing is bad because what happens is they start to think, Oh, and maybe not always, but what's that? They forgot. Cause they, they're they right. Forgot. They forgot. Sourcing, you know, they're in the emails. Yeah. They are, you know, yeah. They forgot or they think, oh, she just like jacked her prices up really high, like blindly. Like nobody wants to get hit with that when they have this expectation, mm. when they come to you with like, hey, we need sourcing again. And in their head, they're thinking it's going to be $150. Great. I'm ready to pay. And then you're like, no, actually it's going to be $800. And they're like, what the F? <laughs> so yeah, yes. you really have to do this in the moment it happens and like it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation the first time and maybe then the second time but like the pitching it gets easier each time and you have to do it less and less because you learn and you do a little better job each time right um but 
These are the little things that we can do to really, really protect and nurture the relationships that we have with our clients. And at the end of the day, freelancing is about relationships. And so these little things can have a massive impact in the long run. So um, when did the sourcing thing happen? Um, what's the timeline? January. Yeah. It's the end of March. Yeah. So, okay. It's so I'm, yeah, I'm still working on the project. I'm not necessarily sourcing anymore in the sourcing part of it anymore. I'm more like in the fitting part of it. So, okay. Um, when do you think the project will be wrapped up? Like this specific project, Um, like, will it come, will it have like an actual end? Uh, I know sometimes they it's all so just keep running into each other. Like they just <laughs> they never, never end. end. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm in the final stages of it. I'm I'm in the fitting process and just giving kind of like their last few comments okay. um, to receive some of the last samples. Okay. Um, for the photo shoot, yeah. Okay, so you haven't. I think then you you know ideally I would have done it when you sent that original sourcing invoice. Um, probably maybe a little bit before, right before you sent the invoice, right? As you delivered the, the specific service, um, or the deliverable, whatever it was. Um, but that's okay. We didn't do it then. No problem. We'll recover. I think your next opportunity is to do it as the project as a whole wraps up. Hey, and, and the other thing too, is you want to be really, really complimentary and like excited about how well the project went. And right. So you've done an exceptional job, which, you know, is part of like being a kick-ass freelancer is like really doing a great job for them. So you deliver this awesome project. Hey, so-and-so it was really amazing working with you on this project. I think it went really well. Pick out a few specific things that you thought went really well. This I think came out, came together awesome or I don't know, whatever, but be specific. Don't be just generic about, Oh, it went well. And then just say, you know, and I feel like everything went really smooth from my perspective. I hope it went smooth from your perspective as well. I did want to just touch base on this one thing and Hey, you know, I'm happy to have done it this time, but it really did wind up being a lot more work than I had anticipated. And that was my fault. Like you have to take the blame for it, right? And be very clear that you're taking the blame. Mm. So there's a couple of strategies, right? The timing of when you do it, right? When you deliver the project and you've done an exceptional job or the specific service, um, thank them for the project and tell them how great you think it went while being very specific about a few things and um, take full responsibility. This is absolutely my fault and... I just wanted to bring it to your attention and be really transparent and communicative with you so that next time we go through a project like this and it includes sourcing, you don't expect the price to be this. Yeah. So all of those things together build up to very strong communication. They are going to be like, wow, she, that was really, they're going to be impressed that you came, you brought all that to the table And strong communication Mm -hmm. and open communication, again, is key to relationships in any part of our life, right? Like marriages or with our kids or like whatever. Um, So, and that's what makes a good freelancer. And that's what makes a really valuable freelancer that a brand 
like never wants to give up and then refers you to other people. Like that is the base of how you grow your, your freelance business. Sorry, I get so excited yeah. about all this stuff. <laughs> no, this is I get so really good. passionate this is about really, it. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think um, there's one thing to be like, oh well, you know, I just not gonna get paid that much for this whole thing, uh-huh. you know, ever, uh-huh. you know, with this client. Yeah. And then there's the aspect of uh, just almost like respect. You know, yeah. like we are both professionals. Yes. And, um, um, if we treat each other that way, then we can grow together you yes. know, as, as a relationship client, uh, freelancer relationship. Yeah, for sure. Totally. For sure. And you don't want to do the whole, like, oh, I messed up. And so this is just what I'm going to get paid for this project with this client from here on out forever. Because what happens is you will become resentful and yeah. that is the worst place you want to be as a freelancer because it will come out in everything you do and your client will feel it and it will crash and burn. Yeah. It's a really bad place to be. Yeah. So, um, and then you don't want to do this weird thing where you're like padding your other invoices to make know, up it's for terrible. it. It's okay it's that you so did sketch. it. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> and I applaud you for admitting it. Um, cause I think a lot of people have probably who are listening or who are going to be listening are, um, will have done it too, but it's not good because it just, you start to enter this really gray area. And then if they ever yeah. ask, then you're like, Oh, awkward. Like, I think yeah. you're trying to like fumble like, through an explanation, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like when you lie to somebody and in a way you're yeah. kind of lying and it's just, it's not good. So even though these conversations can feel intimidating in the moment, they're really, really, they'll, they'll have more respect for you in the long run. They really will. Yeah. So. Yeah, I believe so. How does that feel? It's good. It's, um, yeah, no, it's challenging for sure. I think it, um, I think this is one of the things that, just is so difficult for me about freelancing that that I still that I love though you yeah because that's that this is something that I would have never I think learned um if I was a full-time employee and even in my own you know having being full-time like negotiating my salary was something I never did mm. and I was very resentful, very resentful for a few years because I was like I just I just never get a race here right you know? and um, see what happens when you become resentful yeah. it's bad it's bad. Like I started just, I just started being, being very bitter. So, um, Oh, I had one last fleeting thought. Oh boy. Um, Oh, I guess it's, it was just that, you know, you made the comment that you would never have learned this if you're just working full time, which is fine. But I want to be very clear not really talking to you, but more talking to people who are going to be listening to this. Um, Because I think you are learning these things and you're doing it and you're pushing forward. And I think it's amazing. Um, But this is always a valuable lesson, I think, for anybody to be reminded of. Is that 
you can only, you know, we touched on this a little bit earlier. You can only prepare so much. At some point, you just have to go out there, price the project, screw it up, <laughs> learn, yes. do better next time, screw it up again. I mean, I screwed up a $10,000 plus project like my fourth or fifth year as a freelancer. Like you will make these mistakes again because you're in a rush or you just, I don't know, you just like, it just happens. And it, it does particularly happen with pricing. So, you know, you, I, it's, pricing is one of the most common questions about freelancing. And I'm like, figure out a price, don't overthink it, go out there and get started. Learn, do better, figure it out. Learn, do better, figure it out, Right. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what you're doing. And I think it's amazing. And you're doing the hard and the scary and the uncomfortable work, but you're learning and you're figuring it out. And that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. You you could sit there for a year and think about it. It's almost like with your pitching, right? You like sat there for a year and you thought about it. And then, <laughs> and then you started, but I guess that's just how I learned. <laughs> yeah. But like, think about what could have happened in all that time that you didn't pitch. What if you had been pitching that whole time? Yeah, no, right? for sure. And not um, to make you yeah, feel bad sure. about and, it. Cause we yeah. all delay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I know for sure. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, in just three months, it's March. Yeah, I've gotten yeah like two extra clients. And, That's huge. Um, which is huge. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely huge. And one of these clients, I didn't go and find it. Um, they found me. So um, I think it's it's really it's just really cool That's to amazing. see how it's yeah. all working out. Yeah, yeah. congratulations! Yeah. I'm really proud of you. You are doing the hard work. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Okay, I want to um, have a clear action item here. So we're not going to go forward with the retainer, which I yeah. I think in my gut also feels like the right decision. But now you know some of the strategies mm -hmm. or ways to think about it for some of your other clients. Um, the sourcing pricing thing, when do you think would be a good time to – follow up with them and have that conversation. I want you to put a deadline on it, a date on it. And then I want you to follow up with me and let me know how it went to make sure that this happens. Cause yeah. I think it's very easy to scoot out of this and just say, oh, I forgot to do it. And the project passed and we're done and I didn't have to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no accountability. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I'm thinking of when, I think maybe like soon. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm not giving you a date. That's um, okay. Maybe in the next two weeks, just, okay. just because I'm almost done with the project. Yeah, and, and depending on when it closes out. out. Yeah, 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 and it might yeah. close out next week, and it might drag on for another week, and so that's fine too. So like, but right. I want you to like really be clear that like, okay, this is going to happen, and then I'm going to email Heidi. Once it's done, so two weeks, I'm going to put a reminder on my calendar. If I haven't heard from you, um, then we have a problem. <laughs> okay? So I, you can do it. It's going to be great. Yeah. Okay? Here's the other That's thing, cool. too. <laughs> These conversations 
our really best voice to voice, which I know is probably feels harder. Unless your client like really hates the phone and you never talk on the phone to them. Um, I think these are really, really important conversations to have voice to voice. Yeah, we never really talk on the phone, but um, okay, like we never, do. ever. Or you said sometimes no. you see them in person, but not that often. Like, yeah, one one person is in in New York, and then the rest are in Europe. So okay, um, so I never talk on the phone with with the person that manages kind of my invoicing uh, things. Uh, okay. It's not the person that that's you in New see. York. Okay, so um. So, I mean, but, you know, we always do Zoom, so... Or Zoom. It know, doesn't have to be phone. Have, I just mean voice to, be that way. to voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voice to voice, like not in an email. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah, I think you should do that. I think that's another one of those things that um, you can... Your tone and just how you deliver the message um, and how it's received... Is, is just going to be much better voice to voice. However that, you know, Zoom or whatever is fine. Yeah. Okay. Two weeks. Yeah. I'm going to set a reminder. Yeah. And if I don't hear from you, you're going to hear from me. So I expect to hear from you. <laughs> yes. You can yes. do it. Now we yeah. have to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to hear, I want, I want you to follow up and let me know that you did it and let me know how it goes. Yeah. Okay. I will. Okay. You got it. You can do it. <laughs> Thanks, Mari. It was really exciting to just also hear about everything that's going on and then also, you know, just talk through some of the strategy behind the stuff that you're working on right now. It's awesome. You're doing kick-ass. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope the listeners uh, learn from my mistakes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. And thank you to my two badass right-hand peeps behind the scenes, my husband, Mark, who does all the tech and editing, and Tara, the badass in my business. Oh my gosh, Tara is a lifesaver for so many things. She does all the podcast uh, management and production and coordination, as well as a million other things that you don't see. So thank you, Mark and Tara, for all your support and hard work. And again, thank you for you to you for listening. I'm so grateful to have each of you here today um, and on all the other episodes that you are hopefully listening to. Um, I created this podcast and all of this content because I truly in my heart of hearts found that freelancing was the best way to have a work-life balance in fashion and to get to do the work that you love while not being worked to death at a day job with projects dropped on your plate that you don't really care about and working 60 hours a week while your family forgets who you are and a lot of the abuse that we see going on in the industry when you work for a brand as an employee. Um, I also created it as an alternative to or even perhaps on the side um, launching your own brand. I had my own brand. I grew to hate it. I know for a lot of you that is your dream and I do not want to be a dream crusher but it is hard AF All the money goes back into the business and most, most, most people and brands wind up broke. I'm not saying don't do it. I just want you to know what you're getting into if you do it. What I would do if I had to do it all over again is I would freelance on the side while trying to build my business. So I at least had two different streams of income, one probably a little bit more reliable and stable, my freelance, and then two, 
the fashion brand stuff that was maybe at that point in time, not anymore, but my dream and my ultimate passion. So that's how I would do it if I had to do it all over again. I'm getting a little rambly here in the outro, which I usually don't do, so we'll keep moving on. Um, yeah, so freelancing, I'm really passionate about it, you guys. I love geeking out on the strategy stuff, as you could hear with the conversation with Mari. I built my career from $0 to six figures as a freelancer, and I am here to help you guys do the same. It is so possible, and the pandemic has made it even more possible and more accessible, so I know you can do it and kick ass. I wanna help you kick ass, so head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance, S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash freelance to check out my free resources, and let's see what else. Show notes, I don't think there was any show notes from this specific interview but Tara will catch them, and if there were, she'll put the links below. Otherwise, you can click that link to go to my website to grab the free resources. And thanks so much for listening, you guys. I hope you're having an awesome day doing whatever it is you're doing right now, and I will talk to you in the next episode of Successful Fashion Freelancer. Do-do-do. I don't know what's going on with my mood right now. Bye!